If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we are The Worst Gal Gang Ever, a podcast and platform to support, educate, and empower people through the heartbreaking experience of baby loss. This summer sees us launching our one-of-a-kind pathway to recovery. A course to shine a guiding light through these dark times. To find out more, visit our website, www.theworstgirlgangever.co.uk. Hi, Laura here. Just to let you know that this is another two-parter. This is our first part of the chat with Jane and you'll be able to listen to part two on Wednesday and just a little warning before we begin this is a bit of a tearjerker I old stone-hearted Laura cried about four times while editing this podcast so yeah just a little warning a little disclaimer there before you begin anyway we hope you enjoy it Welcome to the Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are really lucky to be joined in the studio by Jane Moscadini. <laughs> um, hi, Jane. What have you let yourself in for? Welcome, welcome. And I love that you just waved as well. <laughs> so, welcome. And Jane is here to talk um, talk us through her, obviously, her journey and her experiences. But just before we press record... You said that you were doing a lot better. You kind of got your head around things and stuff. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so I suppose um, I lost my baby boy in February last year, the end of February. So it's been like oh. just over a year now. Yeah. And um, I think when it first happens, you're in such a daze. You just don't really know what's yeah. going on. You don't really know you how you sort of feel. Function, don't you? And I don't yeah. think you notice any kind of improvement do you know what I mean because it's so tiny like you know if you feel like a teeny tiny bit better yeah. like really slowly so I think it's hard to to kind of notice the difference but I think now when I look back even mm. now I think I feel pretty shit but now when I actually look back at how I felt a year ago I can see there's a massive difference between how I feel now and how I felt then so yeah. I think kind of just like having that space has made me realize oh actually I'm so much better now I feel like a lot more in control of my feelings I don't feel like I'm just on a roller coaster of I have no clue how I'm going to feel when I get up and that kind of you know what I mean I feel like a lot yeah. more like I've dealt with stuff and I mean obviously you don't feel it like fine but you feel just I think yeah just a lot more kind of level 
less mm. kind of like insane. Yeah. Mm. And it's quite often it's difficult coming up to the like the year of first. So you'd be the first due date, for example, the first time that your birthday comes around, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all of those sorts of things, Christmas and then the anniversary, obviously. Um was that was it difficult leading up to the anniversary? I don't know. Like I think the week before was quite hard. I think the actual day you kind of really prepared yourself anyway. Do you know what I mean? You're kind mm. of like, right, okay, what are we going to do? We had a really nice day. Obviously, you know, it's still COVID. So, you know, it was just me and my partner. Um, we went for a nice walk to a place where we had our last walk when Archie was alive. Um, so we did that little walk and we we bought like a nice big chunky bit of cake and we had like a nice cake and we sang happy birthday um and we just kind of talked about him for a little bit and we sent everybody when we were going to have the funeral I'd bought like these little seed packets of like forget me nots with his name and his date of birth on and then because of COVID obviously nobody was allowed to come to the funeral so we never gave them to people um so I'd like written a nice note and I posted them to everybody to plant I think oh, like in the so one year anniversary of his, of his birthday and everybody really liked that. And I think mm. it was nice because there was enough space between it as well that I think if we'd given them to people at the time, everyone might have felt a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. But actually, mm. because it was a year later, everyone was like, oh, that's so lovely. We're going to we're going to plant them. And everybody sent me pictures of planting them. And they gonna they were like, oh, as soon as they bloom, we're going to send you pictures of them blooming. And that mm. was really nice. So, really yeah, it was really actually it was quite a nice day. So can you talk talk us through what happened a year ago? Yeah, of course. So I suppose um, in one way, we were we were quite lucky when we decided to try to get pregnant because I've had quite a lot of friends who, you know, have had a lot of problems with fertility and have done IVF and been trying for like five, six years and all mm. that kind of thing. So for us, we I was, I was 35 and I thought, you know, if we are going to try, we kind of need to get on with it a little bit. Wow, you look 35. Oh, I'm 36 now. Are you? <laughs> but yeah. Like, are, you in a, are you born in 1984? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Go on, 1984. You look, very, you look very young and fresh, though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no worries. In comparison. In comparison um, to this old bird. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I think, you know, I think everyone feels that pressure when you get to that age of like, yeah, you know, sure. like it's tick. It's a proper TikTok time, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it feels very TikTok-y. Like and 30 most, onwards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and even worse well, after 35 because they're you're like a geriatric pregnancy isn't it yeah it's like the worst terminology in the world yeah exactly like you're like 90 with your zimmer frame and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um yeah so I think I felt I did feel a bit of pressure and like a lot of my friends were having babies and getting pregnant um but then also I did want to have babies so I was like look it just never you know it just never seems like the right time yeah but we were like right no let's just do it let's 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 try so we'd only really tried for a few months it hadn't been like a a really long period of time so we felt really lucky oh my god can't believe we're pregnant Mm. it was like super like we were both really excited it was a big surprise um so we found out and like, we you know, we told close, like we told our parents, but we hadn't told other people until we had the three month scan. Yeah. Because in my head, I was like, well, you know, everybody I knew who'd had a miscarriage had had it, you know, Early. up to three months. And I just thought, you know, if you can get past that bit, then it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, you kind of naively just think, oh yeah. You like think that's you're out, out of the woods, don't you? 12 weeks, you're out of the woods. 
yeah yeah of course so and most people are in fairness yeah, like yeah. That, I guess that's why we feel that way because we we rarely hear of, of things going wrong after that but of course it doesn't mean never they yeah. do yeah and I think I mean it was hard as well because my pregnancy was really I was really really vomity um okay. so I mean I was literally vomiting we got we did the pregnancy test and then I was okay for the first two weeks and after that I was vomiting 10 to 14 times a day oh my gosh which was horrific obviously (laughs) um and it it's just it's just horrific so I just felt like I'd never felt so ill like Mm. if I can like people would be like oh my god you must be like feeling so beautiful and amazing and I was like (laughs) no I literally I'm literally bursting blood vessels in my face because I'm vomiting non-stop it's not a good look when did that end how long were you like that for well I mean I had so many different they try and give you loads of different tablets for vomiting and like I went through so many different tablets and it took till really till about week 18 till they got me on the right tablets and then I was only vomiting like once a day which was like pure joy like I'd wake up have you have your morning vomits like wake up get out of bed run to the toilet vomit and then you're like great I'm good for the rest of the day now I've like done my morning vomit so Oh, um, gosh, that's so horrible, was, isn't it? It was pretty much like, yeah, like pretty much almost all the way through. The only time when I started to feel better was when we found out Archie was ill. So it was pretty, oh, no. it was kind so, of shitty the whole way through. So, like, uh, basically, what happened was everything was kind of going fine. We'd, we had the three month scan. They said, oh, he's, you know, super healthy. Everything was perfect. He's great, right size, right, you know, everything. And did, so, at what point did you find out it, Archie was going to be a boy? So only only a few weeks before he um before we had to decide um to end the pregnancy, we we okay. didn't we didn't know. Um so basically what happened was at 19 weeks they wanted me to come in because um like in the past I've had precancerous cells on my um cervix removed like a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and they said, oh, because I'd had like several like mini mini minor ops to remove these precancerous cells they were just worried about my cervix would it be strong enough would I have an incompetent cervix yeah. which I always find really funny like it's incompetent it's like okay well yeah there so are these funny it, phrases yeah yeah so, so it was all about my cervix so they were just like oh we just want to check your cervix out and so um like my partner Jay didn't even come to the appointment with me because I thought well it's only about my cervix so like you probably don't want to and because basically we, we both work in the same company, like we both run our own company together. So like for both, I thought, well, we don't both need to be there. You know, you can yeah. stay and do stuff. So my mum came with me, which was nice. So I went with my mum and, um, you know, went into the room to get like looked at. And they were like, oh, does your mum not want to come in? Because we're going to we're going to look at the baby. And I was like, oh, I thought you were just checking out my cervix. OK, so I've got mum to come in the room. And she was really excited. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to see the baby. So exciting. And then, you know, I felt bad because Jay was missing out on another scan. I was like, oh, no, I feel awful now because I didn't know we were going to get, like, scan pictures and stuff. Um, And so we were doing the scan um, and, you know, could see, like, could see Archie, although he wasn't called Archie at that time. I hadn't named him. Um, Could see, like, him bouncing around. He looked great. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he looks cool. My mum's like, oh, my God, he looks so cute. And having a little chat and then the the lady that was doing it was just like oh hang on um I've just noticed something a bit strange so I'm just gonna get another colleague to come in and I was like oh okay all right so anyway she brought someone else in and they're both you know like looking at the pictures and in my like I'm looking at it I thought it looked fine 
And um, she was like, Were you concerned at all that she'd brought someone else in? No, I just thought, oh, well, maybe it's just something, you know, like I didn't think it was going to be something terrible. I'm just like, oh, well, maybe, you know, I don't know, something. She just said, oh, something about his head is just slightly worrying. So I was like, oh, okay. And then this is how stupid I am. I was like, oh, well, he might have a big head because my boyfriend's got a big head. Oh, <laughs> I was like, and I was like, my head's really tiny because I, I can wear like kids' hats and stuff, like 10-year-old's hats because I have a tiny head. And I was like, oh, my boyfriend's got a really big head. So he's probably got a big head like his dad. It's probably just like, he's Ooh. just probably got a bit of a big head. And that's she's not, not <laughs> it's not stupid. It's not stupid at all. Like that's definitely the sort of thing I'd have thought. When you have... Like you have no kind of knowledge and no background about what can go wrong. Mm. You just think, and also you've got to your 20 week scan, right? You say you're, you think you're fine, don't you? You think, yeah. And I mean, and she, but she was looking at me like, oh, bless, you know, and you can see someone's like, oh, okay. And I was like, and then I thought, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, but really, like, I can show you a picture of his head. And my mum's like, Jane, sweetheart, she doesn't even see a picture of Jane. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Although I would quite like to see a picture of your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I've got um, this, this image in my mind of um, massive head. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Um, like mega mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he doesn't actually really have a big. He's just—it's it's perfectly proportioned to the size of his body. But when my head's next to his head, it just looks comical because I've got this tiny. So head. you're more a pea head. You're yeah, I've got a pea head. All the and play your partner. <laughs> Just anyway, making sorry. other people's heads look abnormal just by being near mine. Um, no, but then my mom, my mom was, my mom started to like be a bit worried, and my mom started to cry, and I was oh, like, gosh. and then, and then I was like, oh god, mom's okay, and then I started to cry, and then so then I'm crying. They haven't even checked my cervix yet, and then they're like, do you want us to still, you know, shove our hand up and check your cervix? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, why not? I mean, why not? So I was lying there crying my eyes out. And then they're like, oh, we're just going to clamp you open. And then they're just like checking my cervix. And I was just like, this is just so shit. (laughs) At this point, did you know what was wrong? Or No, she just said that. So she checked my cervix and then she said, oh, your cervix is great. There's nothing wrong with your cervix. And I was like, okay, but obviously I don't care about my cervix now at this point. Um, And then she was like, well, look, what we want you to do is just come back tomorrow and we'll have an expert look at your look at you know the scans because I'm not she was like I'm not an expert or whatever mm. so come back so I just thought oh well you know yeah maybe she just thinks it's strange but actually she's not an expert is she so I'm sure it'll be fine like right. I was just like it'll be fine and my mum's like really worried at this point and I was like no mum it's gonna be fine and I'm like trying to convince my mum you know that mm it's totally cool and she was like oh sweetheart and you know she was upset which is really hard to see your mom upset isn't it Um, but I was like no no it's gonna be great it's gonna be fine I was like whatever it is we'll just work around it you know we'll just we'll figure it out and it'll be fine and whatever so so what what did you tell your partner well so then my partner came to pick us up because we were like at the hospital so I rang him and he came to pick us up um, I didn't say anything on the phone because I didn't want him being worried when he was driving. Yeah. And then he picked us up and I, I waited till we got home because I didn't want to say something in the car because I didn't want him getting upset in the car. So we got home and then I just said, oh, this lady said that there's something wrong with his head. Um, we've got to go back tomorrow. And he was like, oh, it must be something serious. We have to go back tomorrow. 
And I was like, well, she's not an expert and, you know, we're going to see this person. We'll find out. Let's not stress. And so we we tried to stay calm and we were a little bit worried, but I just thought we were like, you know, you start Googling stuff and it's like, that's like the worst thing to do. Like, (laughs) you know, Google stuff. And then, of course, I was really stressed and I was like vomiting loads. I remember that before, like just vomiting all night and like you just feel off. So then we went back in the next day. And then that's when it hit us because we went instead of, you know, normally you go to the maternity section in the hospital. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was the same hospital, but they were like, oh, no, you've got to go to the fetal medicine section, which is literally just like there was a corridor and like one side was like the waiting room for maternity. And the other side was the waiting room for fetal medicine. So like right next to each other, really. Mm. But like the maternity one is like filled with, you know, posters of like all the pregnancy Mm -hmm. stuff and ads and colors and babies and all this stuff. And you go to the other side and there's just nothing. There's nothing on the walls. Everything's blank. And there's just loads of boxes of tissues like you know there's like seats and then just boxes of tissues and I was sitting there and I was like I just I was like to to my part I was just like I don't like this I just don't like it like why is it like it just felt like oh my god this is just gonna be bad yeah like this is not good this isn't set up to be good (laughs) and so at that point did you have another scan yeah so then they they took us into a room and um, we had another scan. We had a scan with the guy that I'd already met. He was a specialist um, who'd been talking to me about checking my cervix out. So we kind of knew him already and he was very nice. Um, so that so I felt kind of a bit more comfortable because he was so nice. And yeah, he did a scan. Um, and they obviously don't say anything when they're doing the scan. They're like, oh, we need to really concentrate. So we're not going to yeah. say anything or explain anything. And so they did the scan and then they kind of put us in this tiny little room. And then they were like, they came in and like, oh, do you want a cup of tea? And do you want biscuits? And, do you oh. want, and I was like, oh, this is nice and weird. Because um, obviously normally you're not offered all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and they came in with this tray of like tea and all these different biscuits and stuff. And and I was just like, oh, shit, this is like, don't give me biscuits. Like, you know I mean? like this yeah. is going to be bad. Like, why are they being so nice? Um, and then they just came in and they just said, oh, um, we're really sorry, but, you know, it's basically it's not good. They said that um, Archie's head was two weeks bigger than it should be. So right. he had um, the head of a 21-week-old baby. Um, and they just said that there's a lot of fluid in his brain. Um mm. And they didn't, they couldn't tell at this point what was causing the fluid right. in the brain, but there was a large amount of fluid in the brain. And they had, like the guy was mentioning, there was like lots of options. There was like six different options of what it could be. Um, and were they and all? Before? They were all pretty horrific, apart yeah. from one option was like, oh, well, he could just have a little infection. And then hopefully the infection will go away and his head will go back to him and won't be fine. Like that was like, best case scenario and all the other ones were like these horrific genetic disorders and I was like okay well it's gonna be it's gonna be the little infection one because I had been cold last week and then maybe you got cold you know what I mean when you're like clutching so was there any way of them finding out if what one of these six yeah so they they were like right we're gonna set you up so I had I went in a few days later and I had the um I'm going to say it wrong, the um, 
you know where they put the needle in your tummy the amniocentesis yeah so I had one of those so we went back the next week um and we had that and actually I mean it was a little bit uncomfortable but it, it wasn't really painful or anything it was just a little bit of a scratch and uncomfortable so we did that they did another scan um and then they took loads of bloods like they were testing for like you know everything and mm-hmm. anything yeah. Um, and they took my bloods and then they took Jay's bloods as well. Um, so they did that. And then after that, we had to wait like another week whilst they assessed all the information. And how were and you then, feeling in that time? Waiting? Oh, just completely shit. Completely insane. Like, um, the thing is, it's just like you don't, you're just hoping that it's okay, but you have no control over any of it. Yeah. So you're just like every day you're like, Oh, please, like every day, I just remember being like, like talking to him, be like, okay, so you've got to push this fluid out of your brain, aren't you? <laughs> you know, yeah. you've got to like, come on, let's like, we'll work on it and we'll get this fluid out and we'll figure out the blockages and we'll get it out. And it's like, makes no sense at all. <laughs> like you're saying this stuff, but in your head, you're like, well, I've got nothing else to cling to. Yeah. So I've got to like do something, but there's nothing you can do. And that's really hard. And so we just like, did loads of work um because also like the thing was I was we were we just started to interview people potentially to do my maternity cover um but we just got new clients as well at the start of the year so this is like February I've just started working with people and I couldn't just ring them up and go oh hi by the way I didn't mention I was pregnant because we just started working with you also our baby's really sick but we don't know why yeah also (laughs) you know I might not be working with you anymore so it was just it was so hard. So we just like, we're like, okay, we'll just, we'll just do loads of work and we'll just focus on doing work and until we know some more. Hey, you've got so, to do what you've got to do, right? Mm. you just got to survive those moments. Yeah, completely. And I mean, in those moments, I was like, I wish I had a fucking pay job and I could just go and offset yeah. like someone else do my crap. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, I'm the person everyone wants to talk to. So um, yeah, that was hard having to suck it up and like take phone calls from clients being like, really stressed or upset or whatever and you're just yeah. like oh yeah I'm so sorry it must be so hard for you I'm really sorry yeah <laughs> that that email was like not what well, yeah okay <laughs> yeah um I'll get you absolutely but, you know you just you just go on with it and then we we went back in and then um they then kind of I mean the thing is we didn't find out 100% what was wrong with Archie top till the post-mortem but they yeah. they had guessed what I it think was. that's often the case isn't it from the people that we speak yeah. to um a lot of the time they can have a good guess at it but it's it's it can't they can't be um and that's what's they horrible as well because they can't as you say they, they can't say 100% we think it's this because then you could sue them because it could be something else or mm. you know whatever so they kind of came back and they to be fair we were quite lucky because the our specialist had had one other case um with another baby of what he thought Archie had and he was like I wouldn't have even suggested this but we had this other case five years ago um it's the only other one I've seen and it's really similar and it's making me think that this is what he has and we were like okay and basically they thought he had um the L1 cam gene which is a genetic condition that's passed down from mothers to their children um and it only affects boys right so it was when he said that he was like and he was like oh it only affects boys and I we were like well how do you know it's a boy and he was like oh yeah it's a boy (laughs) 
so we were like oh my gosh and that was how you found out so that's when we found out so we were just like oh we didn't know and they were like oh did you not know it was a boy and I was like no no one's told me it was a boy um and then in that moment you're so excited it's a boy and then you're devastated because you're like I wish it was a girl because if it was a girl they would be a carrier but they would have no symptoms so you're just like why isn't it a girl (laughs) but um presumably you said they tested you so it had come up in your in your blood test had it so well we didn't find that out until uh November after he died for me for my tests um and we didn't find out he had it till the July after he died but that's what they thought they were like it kind of looks like this because what had happened is basically the L1 cam gene um, has there's like 350 different mutations it can cause in babies. Mm. So, you know, if a baby gets that, it doesn't mean it would have the same, you know, trajectory that Archie had. You know, there's so many different things that can happen. It causes lots and lots of other problems, but some of them can be mild and some of them can be very severe. Um, it turned out that Archie had extremely severe conditions. So. We were basically told that his the ventricles in his brain were blocked. Okay. Um, and what that means is that the fluid that normally goes around your brain can't move. So it's just trapped in your brain and your brain just keeps expanding. Oh, and so it prevents your brain from developing because there's no space. And um, it just causes loads and loads of pressure and it just makes your brain swell. So your brain gets larger. Um, but because it had been happening from such, obviously, probably somewhere between my three-month scan Mm. and 19 weeks you know his brain hadn't been developing because there was no space in his brain so they were like best case scenario he could have 80% brain damage worst case scenario he could have 95% brain damage and you're just like huh and what does (laughs) that like that best case scenario what does that look like in terms of manifestation I mean well it wasn't good because because his brain because his brain hadn't developed, so he still didn't have lots of parts of it. So it's almost like if that had happened as an adult and your brain got filled with fluid, if you drained that fluid off, your brain kind of would still be intact, if you like, because you have because all the bits developed. Of brain. Yeah. But because yeah. his wasn't even developed, if they you'd even drained that fluid out, he's not left with anything because it hasn't yeah. so developed. So he could be missing the whole part of the brain yeah. that controls movement, for example. Yeah, so basically they said he definitely would never be able to move. He wouldn't oh. be able to communicate. He most likely would be blind. He could also be deaf. Um, he, he, like, yeah, he just wouldn't be able. They didn't know if he'd be able, to, how he'd be able to function. They said most likely he would die before the nine months. But right. potentially, if he could survive to, well, he wouldn't. They would. They wanted to deliver him at thirty-five weeks. So like if he could live to 35 weeks, we could deliver him, but we'd have to do cesarean and we'd have to cut you the opposite way that you normally would. But he said that causes lots of problems because that could then often what happens is you damage the womb. So he said, potentially, I wouldn't be able to have any more babies because I'd have a damaged womb and he could still end up being born dead. Or he might survive the birth, but if he did survive, he'd have to have an operation straight away and the likelihood of surviving that, there's only like 30% chance he would live through the operation. And even if he lived through the operation, he still wouldn't be able to move, communicate, do anything. It's just no life, is it? And and he'd be in pain and they thought they gave him a life expectancy, best case scenario of three months. So it's like, 
well, like that's just shit. And that's like, that's like, woo, best case. And that's best case. Yeah. And worst case was he would just die in a few weeks, but he could be in my tummy. And then if he lived past obviously 24 weeks, then he'd be classed as a real baby because obviously you're not classed as a real person if you're born before that. So, but then every day we're like, we're just going to be thinking, is he going to die today? Is he going to die tomorrow? Yeah. And they were also like, he might feel pain as well. So after like 24 weeks, they were like, he might be in constant pain, but we're not going to know. And I was just like, so basically all of the options you're just like but why is this all shit yeah, <laughs> like, not a, yeah. where's the good option well yeah I don't know these are how can these just be the options and we were talking like we were saying oh well we read up that you know some babies that have it you can put you know like um a, a shunt in and you can drain off the mm-hmm. fluid and we're like oh well could you not just put shunts in and drain off the fluid or could you not like put something in and just unblock um, his brain or and they were like well that's if one of his ventricles was blocked Jane, all of his ventricles are blocked. Oh, Jane, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So at that did at that point, did they give you the option to end the pregnancy? Well, they said that they still weren't sure. Well, they they, they said you could. They were like, look, you could you could end it now. We can do some more tests. We but we were just in so much shock. We were just like, uh, I mean, you can't make a decision. You don't know what is going on you're just your head's filled with so many things and they just give you all these pamphlets of like you know all this complicated medical jargon like you're yeah. like what what does this even mean you know you're mm. just you know you feel like you're doing a biology lesson and you're like hang on I don't even understand like the anatomy of everything yeah. um and so we said look we don't we don't want to make a decision yet we just want to like figure out what's going on we want to do more tests you know because I was just hoping I don't know for a miracle but I mean realistically that wasn't going to come I mean the way they were talking was very much like this is a termination case yeah um they don't say this is a termination case but they're like we would advise you that this would be a sensible option you were obviously they're like you're obviously welcome to carry this baby but that is your decision and we you would no longer be part of this department you're going to have to talk to somebody about your health about his health about the risks you're putting or like all these things so yeah. it very much felt like you were guided into that decision this is the end do you know what I mean yeah. it felt like that but we just didn't want to accept that so we took an MRI scan because they said with the MRI that might just show more detail so they could 100% say if it was the L1 cam gene because you're still thinking well once yeah. you're wrong and it's yeah. not this and actually there could be some kind of cure but you just don't know so we we did the MRI and we had to wait another week for that. And we did that. And, you know, I, I actually felt okay. I could build myself up like, right, you're going to do this MRI. And one of my friends um, has, you know, had been in MRI and she was like, she told me, you know, like it's really close to your face. It's very claustrophobic. You know, it's going to be loud and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of, okay, I know what I'm going to expect. And I got in my robe and I got in and I felt okay. And then as soon as they shut the door, I just burst into tears. And I was just like standing there sobbing with this this lovely woman. And she was like, okay, it's gonna be fine. You need God. I was like, okay, I was just trying to pull it together, like dried my eyes. She's like, you've got to lie down in the machine thing. So they put me in the machine and you're in there for like 20 minutes or whatever. And it's just like really loud, like like shaking. And you feel like you're in a weird spaceship thing. Do you mean like you feel like you're gonna be like shot off somewhere? Um, and it is very claustrophobic and weird. Um, but anyway, you lie there and you just don't move and then they take you out. And then when I was leaving, 
like you know because when when you have it you're in this room and then you go through to basically I suppose like the control room where all the you know the screens are and the, the buttons and things so I went through there and there was an older man in his like late 50s 60s who who'd been doing it and um he just looked at me and he and he just looked he just looked really sad and he stood up and he just hugged me and he was just like I can't tell you the result but I just want to say I'm so sorry I was just like well that kind of says it all really Mm. (laughs) I I don't know and I just so just started to cry and he just was hugging me and I was like oh god it's really bad um and then I just came out and I could see Jay and he hugged me because obviously I was crying so he was crying so we're both Mm. (laughs) just crying in the corridor um and then we didn't we had to wait another week for the results which then showed that it was just extremely severe and it was 95% brain damage oh I'm so sorry um which is just devastating you know you don't go into it thinking oh my baby's gonna be 95% brain damage did you know what I mean like you don't even think that's a possibility after that did you were you you and Jay did you make the decision to end the pregnancy quite quickly so I think well we talked about it a lot we took a few days um to talk about it which I know people I suppose people are like well you know like a few of our friends were like well obviously like that's what you were gonna do and it's like well no because I don't want to do that do you mean like that's the last thing I want to do um and I think a lot of people you know, when you talk about termination for medical reasons, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it was your choice. And it's like, well, it's not a choice. No. You know, it's like, it's like, well, hang on, my choice is I continue and I and I miscarry and therefore I don't have the guilt, but then maybe he's in masses of pain. Mm-hmm. Or I have him, he's in constant pain, has a horrific time and dies in labour or a few days after or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I could say, oh, well, I had him and I didn't. I didn't have to make that There's choice. There's no good option there. No, it is a situation. Yeah, I mean, it, technically it is a choice, but it's a choice that has no... It's an impossible choice. choice. Yeah, I and it just for us, it felt like selfish. We felt like, well, we could have him, but we'd be having him for us to say yeah. like, oh, we had him. And we got in like, is that the best thing for him? I thought mm-hmm. if I was him, if that was me, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't no. want to go through that. We had a, a lady in our, um, I, I say this every time we talk about TFMR, but it, I think it's so powerful that we had a lady in, a, in our support group on Facebook say that the, the nicest expression she, or the nicest thing she heard about TFMR was we took the pain so our baby didn't have to. And yeah. I just think that is so, especially with everything that you're saying, it's just, it rings so true, doesn't it? Like you, mm. you guys made that such a, a brave decision and such a horrendous impossible decision but you didn't suffer you, you don't come to it easily and it, it's not something you want to do and we thought of it as like putting him to sleep we thought yeah. well yeah and he's in loads of pain he's going to be in loads of pain when he can when his neurons are kind of work um I just don't want that for him I just would feel I would hate myself for doing that to him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think if he was me and he was like, hang on, mum, that's what you picked. <laughs> like, are you insane? Yeah. Like, why would you do yeah. that to me? You're trying, you're genuinely trying to do the best thing for your baby. Yeah. And the sad thing is, the best thing is for them to, to die peacefully and not in loads of pain. Mm. Of course. Of which course. is still a crappy outcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah that's just what we did so I was I was lucky in one sense that one of my friends had actually um had a termination for medical reasons a few years before me um once we knew what was going on I rang her and I said look can you just talk me through what's going to happen because yeah. I mean she'd obviously I obviously knew but I didn't know all the details you mean she hadn't like in yeah. depth taught me through it and so she taught me through what happened for her just so I had an idea of what it was going to be like mm. because they don't really talk you through it no and was your experience similar to hers in the end? Um, I mean, it was a little bit similar. It was different because her, she she did that at 12 weeks. Okay. And I did it at like um, almost, it was like uh, 23 and six days or whatever. So it was almost, no, 22 and six days. It was almost 23 weeks when mm. I did it. Um, and did you get any support or were you like pointed in the direction of petals or so, the so what happened or... is they once we said yes we'll do it um we went in and they kind of roughly explained what happened so basically what they said is you'll take a tablet and then they give you this bereavement book of like oh you're losing your baby and it's like a, a big thick book of like all the different things of like what you can do and but it's very overwhelming do yeah. you know what I mean like it's just like this you know it's like oh we'll take your maternity pack and we'll give you this death book it's like oh great thanks like mm, yes. <laughs> just you know read that in your free time when you're not worrying about your baby dying um it just feels a bit it was a bit just like this a bit shit I'd rather someone sat me down and talked me through this this book I don't want to yeah. say um but they 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 um booked us in to come and take these tablets and then they basically booked us in to have Archie in um the maternity suite but it's like a special room in the maternity suite okay um and they give you the name of this room so that when you arrive you don't have to say oh I'm here to give birth to my baby and then explain that mm-hmm. what's going on and stuff so but we went to take the tablets um and you have to take two tablets and you have to go to the hospital to take them and have to see that you've taken them yeah yeah and the thing is because I was so vomity of course um I took them and I just vomited them straight back up so then they gave me them again and I vomited them up and the woman was oh, like, this goodness. has never happened. Like this is just, and it just, I just felt like, oh, she's going, what are you doing? Hello? Oh. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? This is a bad decision. Um, and it just felt so shit. Um, and so they gave me them again and like, finally I managed to get them down and not be sick. Um, but that we were there like all morning because it took that long for me to keep the tablets down. Um, so that was just awful and then you have to sign a piece of paper which obviously you know um, you have to put like what is your relationship mother and then it's like oh yeah I'm choosing to end this pregnancy and that's like the first time I wrote mother was on this form that is like ending the pregnancy Um, and that was really brutal it's just (laughs) brutal brutal psychologically it's just such a oh gosh you poor thing and it doesn't give you, like, it does say, you know, termination for medical reasons, but it doesn't give you any space to write why or do you know what I mean? It's just like, it just feels very like. So clinical. Clinical. And they say, you know, <laughs> look, the language is not pleasant, if you like, you know what I mean? Like the language is very, mm. it's, there's no nuance in in the, the forms or whatever. Mm. Um, and, and that was hard. And I think, um, you know, Jay found it hard because the, he didn't have to sign anything. So he was like, oh, do I have to sign? And they're like, oh, no, it's nothing about you. Do you know what I mean? It's all on me. Yeah. 
so he doesn't really have any say and um and he was saying he got really upset because he's like none of this is going to be on my record at all so no one's going to know that I'm a dad yeah you know like medically like none of it is on his like forms or anything so he was like like that's really shit yeah. <laughs> like so it's not put on his record anywhere that he's a dad um so I think that was really hard um because he was all like oh yeah like I'll, I'll do it as well and I was like I wish you could have signed it like if you signed it yeah. I would at least I'd be like I didn't have to sign that um so it's kind of works both ways it's psychologically it's kind of fucked up for both people yeah, yeah. um doing that and how was he um like in general how did he cope Jay with um, I mean I think we were both really lucky because both of us are pretty much on the same page um with regards to all the decisions and stuff we obviously talked everything through and um we both felt the same reasons for you know felt that we were doing the right thing for for the same reasons so so that was really good um at least one of us wasn't you know feeling one thing and somebody else was feeling something else and then obviously so then we got we got the appointment to to um they're supposed to give birth to Archie and we just thought well look we're gonna meet him so it's a really nice thing because we get to meet him finally and we tried to be really positive my mum bless her had like knitted like six different little hats because she didn't know how big his head would be so she'd made all these different little hats for him oh, so that bless one your him. <laughs> and she'd so knitted sweet. him this like beautiful blanket with this amazing design on it and stuff for us to wrap him in and everything so that was lovely um so we took all those things and like I remember went to the supermarket because I had to buy like you know all the pads and and stuff for for afterwards for like you know heavy bleeding Mm -hmm. and stuff and they were like oh you know you better buy you know like nipple pads and stuff because you know your your breast might leak and all this kind of stuff so like okay better buy all the stuff and of course you buy it you're buying all the stuff and then you go to the the checkout and the woman was like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Like, would you? How oh exciting. Is it a boy or is it a girl? Like, and I remember Jay was just like, he was just like, yeah, we are. We're having a baby. We don't talk about it. <laughs> like, he just took the stuff and oh. it was just, and she was just like, oh, how rude. And it, but it was so, it was so like, this is not the time. Do you mean? Like, yeah. this is like so painful. And I know she's just being lovely and yeah, thinking, yeah, oh, of course. it's so nice. Mm-hmm. But it was just like soul destroying. Like, we're like, yeah it's it's not good that's it for part one don't forget to tune in on wednesday to listen to part two of jane's story thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast don't forget to subscribe rate and review and we'll see you next week and to find out more about our pathway to recovery please visit our website